Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And on this episode, we will be talking about thinking, doing, playing board games. And Ryan, hit us with the topic of this episode. Well, we're going to continue our look back from 2020. Hey, hindsight's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. No. We're, <laughs> we're going to be talking about You're the game. <laughs> We're going to talk about the games that interested us in 2020. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories, amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to talk about uh, games that we've been thinking, doing, and playing. And Ian, I'm going to catch you off guard here. Come on in with... uh, with uh, something that uh, you want to chat with us about. Okay, so I've already talked about um, Marvel. I was going to say Marvel Legendary. What's it called? Marvel Champions uh, last time. So I'm going to talk about a game that everybody has played, probably, but it's really the only other game I've played lately. It's Codenames. Codenames. Because, you know, you can play it with anybody, really. And... I think code when I first played it, I was kind of I was like, is this this is really the game that's taken the world by storm? It didn't seem it seemed too stiff, right? But I think that it's after playing it a couple of times, I got it because there's a lot of room for creativity, which I like in party games, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of room for um, interaction. You can kind of work things out with your with your teammates and there's a lot of room for uh ridiculousness (laughs) and especially when you come up with clues that nobody figures out um anyway i just wanted to mention codenames again because i feel like it's falling out of the conversation lately but i think it's still one of the great party games oh no it's still a yeah it's still a fantastic um game and it's still a I think it's still a, a best seller. Like it, it's become one of Czech Games Edition's uh, evergreen titles that everybody still talks about. There's been countless spinoffs and variants of it. Like you got like yeah. Codenames Marvel, you got Codenames Simpsons, you got Codenames Harry Potter. Yeah, I got it, Codenames Disney for my niece for Christmas. She's yeah. 10, so I'm hoping that that'll be good, but yeah. And then there's like there's a two player code names, and then there's an adult version code names, and there's oh we played that once. That's terrible. Don't <laughs> don't do the adult one. It's so dumb. You, you've heard it. You've heard it here first. Yeah, it's oh that was it's just lame. I don't know. Anyway, code names. You've probably heard of it many times, but it's still good. Ryan, <laughs> spiel 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 the genre's winner. I believe it was that year. I think so. So so um. I've gotten in a little game that's uh, another Czech Games Edition game that came out this uh, particular year. It's called Under Falling Skies. Now, Under Falling Skies is kind of a unique game, as in it's a solo only. It's a one-player game. Where the, the So the best way that I can explain uh, Under Falling Skies is it kind of has the aesthetic of Space Invaders. And uh, where it's got these little ships that are fast approaching your little your little city at the bottom of the board. And as, as the ships crash into the city, you take damage. And if you take in enough damage, you lose the game. 
now you can now it's a dice uh, placement game where what you have to do on your turn is you roll some dice a mitt full of dice and you put them on your little you have a little player board at the bottom of your city and then you you assign them to rooms like oh I got to get some energy to power up my missiles that'll go out and fire off and destroy the ships or I got to um, convert my I got to do some research and research is the way you actually win the game because you have to move up this research track like you're researching about the aliens and as soon as you got enough research you now can destroy the alien mothership and you win the game type thing after after that and then there's a whole bunch of other things that you can do with these dice but those are kind of like the main things and really it's become a really interesting puzzle it started off as a print and play game where it was a, oh, it was one right. of these it was one of these things that was uh there's a design contest of a, like a nine card print and play solo challenge. And this guy came up with, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. And I'm, oh, I really did my, I really did my research here. <laughs> um, uh, but it was so intriguing enough that they met, they decided, you know what, we're going to um, publish this game. And what they actually did is they added a campaign mode to it. There's like four missions that you can play through. And that's what, the bulk of this thing it's not it's a not a large box but it's not a small box at the same time and it's heavy and 90 percent of the content is this campaign mode that is included in this in this box and so what i've been doing is i've been playing through this campaign mode because a, a game is only going to take me like 10 to 15 minutes to play through you either win or you're going to lose really at, at, at the end of the day it's been a lot it's of usually how games work yeah <laughs> So it's been a lot of fun. Like it, it, it's not thing groundbreaking, but I love the theme of it. The aesthetics are gorgeous. The components are amazing, and yeah, it, it's just been a fun. It's it's a fun puzzle because one of the things that you have to you have to take into consideration that there's different columns that these dice can get. And you can you can't have the same dice. You can't have two dice in the same column. So whether I I, I assign something to research now, I can't use the cannons. Or the missiles inside that to fire off against the ships. It's a know. theme. I'm surprised you don't see more of the alien invasion idea. It's <laughs> like it seems like a theme that would be ripe with ideas. We don't see it a lot. I know this is the now this is the second game in my collection that has this space invaders type thing. I also own the game called Flip Ships. Yeah, yeah, me which too. Which is yeah. a, it's a it's a dexterity game where the the ships are cards and you got these little yeah, um, but dexterity games don't count. <laughs> hey oh ian tell me how you really feel let's talk about crocono yeah so under falling skies highly recommended it was a fantastic game that's that's come out this year and cool. so Very yeah well i uh i basically saw this and just grabbed it right away before my brain even realized i was clutching it and I am so glad because I love the I love sci-fi straight out, and uh, this was one of my favorite novels that I read when I was younger. And it's Dune, Imperium. Um, have the uh, the 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 remake of the old version. I have that, and I think Ian, you've talked about that before. Yep. Yep. Um, this one, Dune Imperium, is done up by the same designer who does Clank. And I'm just quickly bringing it up here if I if I have it. Ah, it's not coming up. There we go. Uh, Paul Denon. Um, and it is a, uh, a Dire Wolf publication. And um, it's... Now, the first thing is uh, my, one of my big rules... Or not big rules, but one of my big kind of filters or meters or metrics is uh, if a game uses... If it's an IP game and it uses pictures from the movie... Ah, that's yeah, I, I'm with you on that yeah. one. The I only like exception, the, and of course, you know, being French and French grammar, um, there's always exceptions to the rules. Um, the exception to that rule is The Expanse. The Expanse uses pictures from the show, but I'll let them get away with that because I love that IP so much. But this one, um, they don't use the pictures from the movie, but they do artists' interpretations of the characters. Right. So you can see, yeah. yeah, you can see, I mean, you can, if you know your actor, I'm still you can iffy on that. Identify. But I think, the, I, I think one way uh, uh, from the legality standpoint is that, is that they, they're, 
they, they don't have to pay the royalty rights for the image of that actor in that role. If they draw it, there's no, there's no extra um, licensing fees, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that whole the reason why you take a... Well, I'm, I'm totally for drawing as opposed to pictures. I'm yeah. still a little iffy on the fact that they're using the images from the film. But um, that's just yeah. That's just me. Yeah, but um, they do it. They, I mean, as far as the whole graphicness of the game, it it don't even notice it. You don't even notice it. The game's on its own um, uh, is a strong uh, game, and it's, it's unique. I mean, it's Clank, right? It has that DNA in it. The deck builder, um, even even like the 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 resource uh graphics that they use i mean if you covered the top of the card you go yeah that looks like a clank card right i mean that's how much dna they share but what they do differently this time is that um it's a worker placement that you use with your deck that you build so you have two workers and you have the potential to unlock another one and the board has one two three, four different areas that you can go into. Uh, combat on the planet is essential because you're, that's the big conflict was control of the, the, the resources and, and, and everything comes with the spice melange. Um, so <laughs> uh, they, what you do is you put your worker down and how you put your worker down is from your, um, your, your hand of cards, you have symbols that represent these different areas that you can go into. So if, if you want to go and influence some of the four factions that are like a good Euro game are the tracks that you accomplish these, uh, these victory points. And ultimately, the game is a race to 10, right? So there's the opportunity on your, your allegiance tracks, the four factions, that there's a midway victory point you can get, and then there is the seal of alliance. There's another victory point. So there's two, there's two, uh, there's eight points that you can get out of that track, which means that in the game system itself and the the rewards that you get from the combat, that's where you start to generate all these extra victory points that you need to win this race ultimately, which it is. And uh, like Clank, there's a timer, there's a deck. That if you run that out, you're done. If you reach ten, game's done. Um, I, I, the solo's awesome. The Automa deck is awesome. I'm having my first game. I thought, well, there's not that much Dune theme here. Um, so oh. if you're looking for a thematic experience of the new movie, this is really isn't it, right? If you want a thematic experience of Dune, go play the other game. Yeah. Um, if you want a really good engine building, Euro driven card deck building, worker placement, funky thing, then you're going to have fun with this game. Euro gaming is the mind killer. <laughs> now I've heard that, uh, that this is actually the idea is sort of similar to the game that Ryan talked about a couple of weeks ago, that Lost Ruins of Arnak. And I've heard that these are two games that are actually pretty similar to each other. I don't okay. know that any of us have actually played both of them. So I don't know that we, I played none. Ryan's played yeah. one and you played one. Yeah. So I don't know if we can comment on that, but I just wanted to throw that out that there, there is that discussion out there. We should swap I, games, man. I've heard it only in the vein that they both contain worker placement elements and they both contain deck building elements. Right, but that's the first thing that people say about both games, right? Like that's the first yeah. thing you said about it was this is neat because it combines these two things. Yeah, and that was the first thing that Norm said is this is neat because it combines these two things, and so it's it's mm. funny that both of those things that really hadn't mixed before just suddenly came out in two big games at the same time. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, yeah, you see that Can a I- lot with a lot of industries too, right? Yeah, well, it's kind of yeah. like kind of like all the B games that came out all of a sudden, like. <laughs> Honeybees and, and honey, honeybees and, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, Dune Imperium uh, by the creators of Clank. So if you like Neato. that, then there you go. Cool. cool. So there's so they're just try, they're just trying to sell more copies by putting the Dune IP on it. Yeah, it, especially it, since it, the movie should have been coming out at this time too, right? So that this was definitely planning to be a movie tie-in. I think. Ah. Uh, but we'll get it eventually. Eventually, we'll get that movie. 
This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Before we get into the topic of interest, which is our games of interest from 2020, we have a special announcement by Ryan. Sure. So like we mentioned in the last episode, we are running a contest to win a copy of Fort, as well as a copy of Letter Jam. And so we had asked um, participants who want to enter into that contest to email me at ryan at cardboardconjecture.com. And you're supposed to tell me your top three games of 2020 or the top three games that you would like to have played that was released in 2020 top three games something of 2020 type of type of thing and uh, you'll be entered into the into the contest and now what i didn't mention on that one though is that when this contest will end and the contest will end at midnight january 15th so midnight, January 15th. So one week after this episode airs. Cool. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about our games of interest in 2020. And the reason that I specifically selected these words is because there's yeah. no way that Ian and I are going to be able to keep up with Ryan when all. it comes to, to Come knocking on. out titles. <laughs> even, have, even in a regular year, it would be tough. But this year, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Well, yeah. okay. So preface. So I did include like my top games. Oh, um, you gave us two really... lists. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, that's fine. That's good. Ian points so, out. So, so, I, so I, I, did, I did have a top. T- I only played twelve <laughs> games that were released this year. Oh, it's kind of like every okay. Every at the end of every year, I always make a top ten movies of the year list every yeah. year. This year, oh boy, <laughs> it's uh, it is slim pickings. I'm yeah. trying my best, but there I'm barely getting 10, 10 movies that I saw. And three of them are the Hallmark specials that you watched in isolation. Yeah, those, the Christmas specials. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, I'm uh, I, I'm going to take point. I'm going to start us off with a with a pretty straightforward one. Um, I think we're all big fans of this uh, of this designer, and uh, that is Vital Lacerda. Uh, and I really want to have a chance to play on Mars. Um, I've heard very good things about this game. I'm a I'm a big fan of of that topic. Like, I mean, the movies, uh, National Geographic, anything Nova. I mean, anything PBS specials about Mars or about space or or Voyager or I'm watching it. I'm into it. So, um, uh, uh, when, and I love, uh, I mean, Vital, uh, he is, his designs are so simplistic and complicated at the same time. You just play a card and you pick up a card, right? <laughs> um, you just put your, 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 uh, you know, your worker down and you pick up another worker. No, there's way more depth to it. And I know Ryan has this game, so I'm going to pass this off to him, but I, uh, I, I, I hear nothing but good things about this game. So this was so on Mars is on my list too because all I've managed to get from on Mars is I've gotten a couple solo plays of it. Um, one was because I completely had to like spend like three hours learning the rules of the game, and then plus also trying to learn the solo mode of the game, which was a complete debauchery the first time through. Second time through was much uh, I, I would consider much better, but I haven't got uh, back since because. It is an investment to set it up and then play through it with all the complexity of the rules that are there. I need to play this with people is what I really want to do that um, for solo gaming, um, just for this year uh, anyways. Um, there are a lot of other games that I chose that I wanted to play over setting up this um, beast. But it, what I did play, very very good it's like it is game of the year material 
um, for the uh, for the interaction between the things that um, two different types of phase like you're managing your space station as well as you're managing your people on Mars and you're sending things back and forth much like you would probably have to do if you're say colonizing it just smells vital efficiency all over the place like Kanban oh. I can just oh yeah I want to play this game and I, <laughs> I need to do those five things over there before I can do this one thing over here and yeah yeah. Cool. Cool. So that's my, that's my, uh, my tick on the, uh, on the, uh, map of what, what I'm interested in. Ian. We'll start. Um, the one that I am most interested in is pandemic season zero. You're the legacy so, guy. Yeah. Yeah. We know that, I, that I love legacy games. We've played both the pandemic seasons as well. Um, we're just waiting for pandemic real life to be done. And then <laughs> once, once we're vaccinated or whatever it takes, I don't know, we'll get back with the, the four of us that started pandemic like four or five years ago, whatever it was, <laughs> we'll get back to it and we'll, uh, try out this prequel. Cause that was pretty cool when they announced that it was actually like a prequel set in cold war times. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with it. Interesting. Yep. yep. This was at the top of my, my um, game of interest list. This was, this was number one because we had such a great time with one and two and yep. just, I'm trying to avoid everything possible of this game out there. Just <laughs> people are just commenting on this. Like some people are calling it. It's the best of the trilogy. It's uh I don't know it, that it plays so much differently. Yeah. I, I, it, I have, we have to. And we've got, I mean, there's people who can, who have families that they can play with, but we, like, we just had the four, us four guys that tried out pandemic a long time ago. And so we're, we kind of want to keep that core group. Right. So. The, keep the band mm, together. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right on. And I think having four people is good as opposed to two, but then again, I have, no basis to, <laughs> to back that claim up on i just i just feel like it's pandemic is something that works with four but i'm sure it works fine with two or three too but cool bring it well, on well ryan you got two lists here man so you know <laughs> we'll, we'll okay. do his top at the end and then yeah. we'll pick apart his list oh yeah, ooh, yeah. i well like i might shooting <laughs> well i might i might i might maybe um I haven't ran this past Norm yet or anything like that, but I might record my top as a separate bonus Ooh. segment episode or something like that, or I'll or I'll just do what I do on Twitter. Oh no, no, I like I like Ian's. You could you can fire <laughs> off your list and we'll it'll be like skeet shooting. All right, give us number ten, pull, and then we'll okay. you know. All right, I like that. Okay, right, so one. so pandemic season zero was on the top. My second one here, you guys are not going to believe this that this was a Kickstarter that I did not back. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're regretting There's it. There's always and now the one I've, that got away. Yeah. And now I have seen pictures of this, and I've seen people reviewing this, and I've seen so much goodness coming out, and people are calling that this is in competition. This is making top ten lists um, for 2020, and the game is called Dwellings of Eldervale, and that's really all I know about this game. I have no idea how it plays. I just see that it looks gorgeous. It's worker placement and combat and I th I heard colorful that it hexes. Good and... campaign in it. Yeah, it's got it's got some sort of story mode behind yeah. it. Um, our friend Rob from Metal Meeples and Beer has been posting tons of pictures of it on Twitter, and he is, and is ranting and is raving this, about it. Is this the one that was delivered in a fridge box? I have no idea what this would have been delivered in because oh I no didn't no well what's it. the one that was bugging you about before that was delivered in oh Etherfields <laughs> okay all right but but dwellings of Eldervale looks absolutely fantastic I have no idea why I did not is this the same it. guy that did Whistle Mountain I'm just pulling it up here I think. Yes, he is one of the co-designers on Whistle Mountain. Look, yeah. Luke Laurier. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Because I'm like, there's a connection here. Because Whistle Mountain is it should have made my list, 
because Caputo, I mean, uh, not, yeah. not, is it Caputo? Yeah, Scott Caputo. Yeah. 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 Cool. See, so here's the problem with this one is that, yeah, if this one looks really good and Ryan didn't back it, now he's going to use that as an excuse <laughs> for every other thing that he wants to back and he's going to break his resolution. His resolution like, I, I got to get it because I'm going to regret it if I don't get right this now. one. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to pay the extortion <laughs> prices that are on the board game black market. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, just wait, man. Just wait for it. It'll come back. It'll come back. Cool. But I missed, but I missed all the Kickstarter goodies. FOMO's <laughs> kicking fine. in right now. You'll survive. Don't worry. Thank you, um, Ian, uh, for being my rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my list here, and uh, I think, yeah, I want to talk about this one because I know... <laughs> I think someone kickstarted this one. Um, I adore Ryan Lockett's art. I think his games are solid, and uh, they're always a fun experience. And I want to, as fast as I can, try Sleeping Gods, because I understand it is uh, his kind of swan song. Not no, his 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 crescendo. Um, it's his, his magnum opus, his magnum opus. Yes. His, uh, um, I've heard the terms. It's a sandbox game. I've heard, uh, people talk about, uh, how he, he does very good job on the narrative. Uh, I, I have near and far. I love it because of that. Um, I have empires of the void too, because of that whole exploration and, and sandboxiness of that game. So, uh, for all those, all those reasons, I, I want to play. The, I can't wait for this game to to uh, to hit the table. And and when I'm referred to somebody uh, kickstarting it, I wasn't referring to Ian. <laughs> really, Ryan? Did you kickstart this one? Yes, I did. <laughs> and did you yes, kickstart did. it for all the reasons that I talked about? Absolutely. This is actually one that I actually um um pitched to Jen actually and she thought that it sounded really kind of cool because it's got that narrative it's that narrative campaign mm-hmm. type of thing which is another game that I hope that we'll, it, once it arrives that we can like that's that could just be one of our games that we just you know working on the up, story set it up every other night and just kind of work through the story and type thing so yeah it looks absolutely stunning yeah and it it, it, it seems the content that he's created for it seems very ambitious, and I'm really excited to see if it pull, it comes up. It, 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 he pulls it off. It's a huge looking project, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Sleeping Gods. I can't wait to play it. Ian, very cool. Okay, the the one game I hear a lot about this year that I'm really interested in trying out is Lost Ruins of Arnak, and. <laughs> So Ryan has talked about this game before. Um, it's an Indiana Jones theme, and we just talked about it with Dune Imperium too. So I yeah. won't mention much about that, but I, I just like the reputation that it's getting, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not somebody that goes out and just buys new games, buys new games, buys new games. I don't know, are any of us like that? None, well, maybe, but. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I kind of wait I kind of wait it out right and I kind of wait to see what popular opinion is which means that I play more populist games than than other gamers might but I'm okay with that you take your time and, with it you take your yeah. time with it so I kind of see what rises to the top and it looks like this is the one that's doing that in 2020 mm-hmm. Lost Ruin seems to be on a lot of people's radar a lot of people are saying great things about it and so I definitely want to give it a look. Well, I I have props for that uh, publishing company. They uh, they've produced some of, some of my favorite titles, mm-hmm. like Shipyard. Um, that that's still one of my favorite Suchi titles. I think what is it? Uh, Czech Games? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a Czech Games game. Yeah. So oh, okay. And you talked about it before, Ryan. I mean, yeah. And yep, and like I had mentioned, very... it, there's that unique worker placement uh, uh, deck building thing. Cool. Half unique, but yeah. Half unique. <laughs> or just unique. One of two. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. Cool. Ryan. Okay. Uh, one game that I'm eagerly waiting to arrive because I kickstarted it. 
<laughs> is a game that's it got lots of mixed emotions this year when it did come out because uh, there there was you could sign up for one wave or two wave shipping and I I just decided to save on some cost and uh, got the one wave shipping but it's a game called Marvel United which is kind of like a co-op it's a, it's a it's a it's a very simplified co-op game of Marvel heroes battling against the big bad much like it may be a card game that we've talked about um, mm-hmm. quite regularly on the show Marvel Champions, but this seems like a very simplified um, well, board game version like a, of this. It looks like a kid's game. Is it not a kid's game? It is it not. It looks like a kid's game. It's not marketed <laughs> as a kid's game, but I bought it because I'm going to play it with Regan because this is something yeah, that, that makes I think, sense. Because this looks exactly, and a lot of people have said, yeah, this is going to be a game that kids will really enjoy. Oh, cool. Now, I'm a kid at heart, <laughs> so, and so I think I'm going to enjoy it as well. And then, like, I, I keep mentioning it. Like, I, I follow some other – I've seen lots of pictures on Twitter of people playing mm-hmm. this because they've been getting it, and people got it for Christmas this year. Um, it just looks really cool. I know it got mixed emotions because a lot of hardcore gamers were really expecting, I think, a lot more out of this. How do you, yeah, but how, ooh, that's their fault. Because yeah. if you, you look at this cover and that is a kid's game cover. I'm sorry, but it well, is. Look at the cover. What's what's the style of the minis they, they It's got use? a little cartoony the, Iron the, Man. The chibis? Yeah, they're called chibis. Yeah. The big, the big massive head. Like the Arcadia Quest kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I wasn't a big so. fan. It's like, to me, I don't know. You don't do that to Spider-Man. Oh, no. But this game looks absolutely right up exactly what I think it is going to be. But if, if it's for you to have your kids get into it, then yeah. that's. Oh, and cool. I think it looks really cool, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I do think as a kid's game, I think in that aspect, I think the aesthetic is pretty cool. Yeah. So, and those yep. would be fun to paint. Yeah, you I don't have get patience for that. Sure. I don't go. have patience for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to my list here. Um, not, not that I'm going to play them all or talk about them all, but you know, okay, I'm going to talk about this one for sure because he's one of my favorite designers. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, in a Martin Wallace game that I don't, I haven't seen it hit the shelves yet, so I don't know if it's going to be late to the party, but it's Rocket Man. Um, it uh, like Man. I said, yeah. See, and it's everyone's going got to be a long, long time <laughs> until that board game shows up on time. Um, uh, so uh, it's it's Martin Wallace. It's all about cards. It's all about uh, how you're going to use those cards. Uh, uh, most of the time, there's going to be some multi-dimensional effects with these cards. Um, to me, um, I, it, it's he's one of those designers like Ryan with you and Feld. It's basically a a no a no decision, right? It's it's purchased, right? Uh, when I saw this hit, I think it was Kickstarter. Uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to wait till it comes to the shelf because it's obviously going to make it to the shelves at some point, and I can be patient enough for that. And I'm kicking myself for that. Um, I should have kickstarted. I should have pressed that button, didn't I, Ryan? Be okay, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll come out. You'll it'll be, be there. Have it. It'll, it'll be, okay. be there. It'll be there. All right. Um, Thanks for being so, our rock. <laughs> and uh, and it's got one of my favorite, I think I mentioned this before, anything that has to do with space or exploration or science fiction, uh, I'm all over it. And uh, so it's, it's, I mean, as far as, the, as far as the checklists go, I'm already checking off boxes and I haven't even like read deep into it. Um, I watched, I think I saw Rado do a, a run through of it uh about four months ago which tuned me into it so yeah martin wallace uh rocket man and i beg you not to start thinking elton john in your head as you're <laughs> as we're you know going on with this so ian i know that your notes weren't full but i know that you can uh yeah i'm gonna steal one from your list actually absolutely um i see you've got pan am on the list yeah and that's actually one i i'm interested in trying out too it seems like a, a little bit of a twist on Ticket to Ride. So Pan Am is like the old school uh, plane, like air travel mm-hmm. company, right? Yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. From the 60s. Yeah. And I think of the so, deregulation kind of happened and it was just like a free-for-all. Right. I, 
Ryan, you mentioned Rob from uh, Metal Beeples and Beer. Um, he had this picture in his, and I was like, yeah, tell me about it. And he said he made the connection that it, it plays much like bus. Mm. So, And I know you have bus. So, yeah. yeah. So well, that'd be very interesting. And then. I think, Ian, the reason I put it on my list is I think it's another Prospero Hall yep. um, title. And they horrified, Jaws, um, back. I mean, they, they've just been, you know, stepping up to the plate and just cranking them. And Oh, they're the ones that do all the... They're, yeah, they're the, that collaborative, like, the designer group that, the that goes under the stuff, name yeah. of, yeah, like Prospero Hall. But they're, they're a suite of designers that are all working collectively on different stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know if this is one I would blind buy because usually I do blind buy a lot of my games after research. But I think I'd want to try this one out first because I'm worried it would be too similar to something like Ticket to Ride. But mm-hmm. well, I don't and, know. Maybe and, not. Their their price points are absolutely reasonable. Like they're in the in in the, I want to say in the forty dollar forty five dollar Canadian range, right? It's yeah, it's not so like it's a it's not like you're dropping eighty bucks and going ah oh, I might not like it right. So it's not really a, a never happened a... to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah, I'm I'm I second that notion on Pan Am for sure, Ryan. I think you okay. got one or two left on your list, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another one that I really, really want to buy, and not 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 necessarily play right away, but I'll just buy it as soon as it's put it, available. Put it on and your it's shelf. A, it's a it's a Stefan Feld game. His <laughs> his latest one. Wonderful. Which statement. is a which is a bonfire, and I absolutely have no idea behind the gameplay of this one other than it's supposed to be one of his heavier um Whoa. titles okay. so it's like so it's that it's not it's not like a castles of burgundy weight but we're talking like probably more they say it's more like trajan yeah weight type of type of game to it like so it's got, it's, trajan. Or, or maybe like say like aquasphere which is kind of it's got a little bit more mm-hmm. of a, a, a deep strategy behind the game not necessarily point salady yeah but so um it's it's got me very intrigued if it's got the name Stefan Feld on it, I I need to have it. I'm I'm re- I'm reaching out into nothingness right now just because I'm trying to grab at it. <laughs> well, I mean, like Ian said, patience. It'll be on the shelf soon. Yeah, it's 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 just trying to enter into North American distribution. It's been um, available in Europe for quite some time right now. Yeah, it's just trying. We're just it's just trying to come over to to North America. I'm starting to see a lot of pictures on Twitter about about people doing playthroughs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, right on. Uh, I'm gonna do a real fast one because I think I kind of talked about its uh, its uh, cousin in the series, and uh, I, I'm I'm I own the I own this game, and it's a uh, it, it plays three to five players, so obviously um, I can't play it with anybody yet, and it's Ride the Rails. By Capstone Games, designed by uh, John Borer, I think I'm pronouncing properly. But uh, it's uh, in their series, their Cube Rail series. It's the number two in their Iron. I'm looking at it, Iron Rail series. And uh, um, uh, again, um, I'm not a big 18xx fan. Not fan. I don't have much experience playing it because if I'm going to play something for ten hours, I'm going to play ten euros <laughs> in that time span. <laughs> yeah. um, so, or a Twilight Imperium. Or Twilight Imperium, two times. Uh, but uh, these games, like 45 to 60 minutes, Irish Gage, same thing. So I can't wait to get this to the table with a, with, with a full count. And, uh, and, and again, another checkbox, Ian O'Toole doing the art. So, um, yeah, everything, everything, so much so that it's sitting on my shelf getting ready to play so that's ride the way <laughs> why the whales <laughs> you wascoey wet it um uh so uh yeah ride the rails capstone games um ian you could take a you could take a little gander at my list if you want uh or you can go to ryan's or we could just let's pass go to ryan <laughs> let's go to ryan <laughs> Ryan's got some cannon fodder on his list, so we, we could. We, this could hey, be hey a three-hour. This could be a three-hour episode if we. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey now. Hey now. Okay, so Ryan, uh, 
you've oh you've got you've got a I think you've got one of my uh, we we uh, did we talk about check yeah we talked about chat games but there's an there's I want you to talk about this one because it just popped on my radar um, and it's the Suchi. Oh, so um, yeah. one game. So I actually own this game. You have I, this one. I just acquired it just last week. Yay! Okay. So uh, so I have so I own it. Haven't played it yet, which I I've done the full um, rules read and kind of just set up set up the game and kind of looked at how things are. Um, Praga Kaput Regni. I have no idea what it means. It's but it's, um, it's it's Latin. I'm disappointed. It's um it's uh the rebuilding of Prague. I think is what it means in Latin. So that and it's a Vladimir. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> or Prague must reign or something like that. Um. So like Norm mentioned, it's a Val- Vladimir Sushi game, and I'm a very big fan of his um designs. And so, like, he's done Underwater Cities, which is a great game. I really, like, really enjoy um, Underwater Cities. And he's done other games, too. So this is kind of the next one of his, like, big Euro type of game. And the board is absolutely massive. I'm like, looking at it. It's cool. Like, it's got this little 3D got, bridge. And... It's got a 3D bridge. And it's got, the, it's got a cathedral and a castle. 3D staircase type of thing that are, are these tracks that you're moving up on, like physically yeah. moving up on these staircases. It's got this great big rondelle wheel of action selection. It's got, uh, I, I think, not even kidding, a million tiles. Like the box weighs a ton. And I can't wait to actually get it. It's got a solo mode, so I'm going to probably go through that first just to kind of teach myself and learn how to how the game works. But... uh yeah, it looks so cool. It's got the design pedigree that I really enjoy. And people are saying that, yeah, this one's a good um, brain crunch. The I- There's icons everywhere. Like, the, icon- the iconography on this game, it's all over the map. But it's visually very stunning to look at. It's got great table rent. It takes up my entire table. Cool. So, yes. Cool. I, should I, I try can't to, wait. Should I try to pronounce it again? Praga Kaput Regni? I'll take it. This episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Okay, so do uh, do we want to do one more ad uh, uh, each to this before we do the skeet shooting competition of Ryan's top 10 games played in 2020? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah okay, because uh, I I uh, I want to mention this one because he uh, he has he he designed Great Western Trail, and I love that mm-hmm. game. And uh, so Alexander Fister has another game coming out called Cloud Age, and it says travel in airships above dried up landscape, visit cities and battle cloud militia. It it sounds like a dystopic, fun sandboxy Fister. Like he's becoming so good at the narrative, um, he's like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know much about this game. I think it's coming out. Uh, I think Capstone's bringing it out. I think it's like a a, a joint venture with a. Um, let me see here. I don't want to get too deep in this. Uh, uh, that that Fre- Freyerland. Yeah, uh, Nanox Games or something oh, like Nanox. that. Oh, Nanox. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a, another one of those. Uh, um, designer-driven interests. Yeah. And, of course, plays one to four. Now, yeah, how well it plays solo is a different kind of thing. But well, It's going to have the same thing that um, Maracaibo had with its solo mode and its story-driven aspect that it could, that the game can have. I hope it has some of the New Dale um, 
yeah. um, narrative to it, right? I mean, because that was, I mean, I haven't even gotten deep into that one yet, and it's very compelling. So, yeah, Cloud Age, Alexander Pfister, uh, I think Capstone Games is bringing it in. I can't wait to have a look at this game. Ryan, let's give us another one off this list before we go skeet shooting. Okay, <laughs> two quick hits. Abandon yeah. all artichokes. Yes. I have to try that game. Yes. Um, we have we just have not been able to seem to be able to bring it in just yet, but I want to play that one by Emma Larkins. Yeah, we had our own have show. To, have it was to. great. Yeah. Have to, have to, have to. Looks fantastic. Second one, Wolfgang Kramer and Michael Kiesling came out with a game, and I didn't even know it. I don't know how this one didn't uh, register on my radar. They have a game called Paris, and it looks like just Euro goodness. Um, ran into... Um, our friends of the show, uh, the Stevensons at Amazing Stories, um, kind of like Boxing Day shopping type of thing. And uh, we were talking about this game. And, man, I went and watched a video about it afterwards, and it just looks so neat. Circular game board. Yeah, I mean, aesthetically, yeah, so, it's, like, awesome. And Kramer and Keesling, they, those are oh, they're no top-notch Those are top-notch Euro game designers that have done – um, wonderful things together so yeah cool i i, I well, that, that's the one that i'm i'm very interested in trying all right all right <laughs> you ready for this ian i'm you know right ryan i'm gonna be your 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 number <laughs> ryan's getting ryan's making faces now because we'll be kind we'll be kind i'll give you i'll give you the countdown voice for you all right so here we go ryan's R- Top 20 games that he did play. And we're going to start at number Emphas- 10. Emphasizing that I did actually play these games. Did play okay. these games. Here we go. Okay. So number 10. So my number you 10 game. you want to do this, right? No. <laughs> I'm feeling the or, peer pressure. <laughs> or are you planning to do the... You can still do the Twitter thing because people won't hear this until after. There you go. There oh, you that's go. actually true. So here we go. Um, so my so there you go. 10, now you can feel better good about it. No spoilers. <laughs> so my so my number ten of 2020 is a game called Starcadia Quest. So there was a big game came out a while ago called Arcadia Quest, which is a very fantasy themed little chibi style. Go in, do the done, and then they added a sci-fi theme to it, which we are all sci-fi nerd geeky guys, and the references in this game to like Star Wars, Star Trek, Dune, um, uh, Stargate, and all those types of different things through the roof. It's very fun. It's got a campaign mode to it. Um, We enjoyed it. We only played the main base game. I have the Kickstarter all in boxes upon boxes, expansions that we haven't even touched yet. So, Um, But we really enjoyed what we did play um, of it. Okay. With. So Starcadia Quest was number 10. That one interesting. Doesn't, yeah, cool. That's a good one. It does one. not look like a game for me. Okay, well. Uh, no, Ian Ian would hate this one. Okay, well, <laughs> we're going to move into another one. Hopefully Ian likes it. So here we go. Number nine. Number nine is a game I talked about on the show in our thinking, play, and do it. And that was Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Really kind of cool game. Um, nothing groundbreaking in worker placement, but it kind of combined the two things that we really enjoyed from uh, Dinosaur Island and Dinogenics and made it into Scott Alms, took it and made it into his little tiny epic game with little cute little dinosaur meeples and yeah, tiny epic dinosaurs. We really had a lot of fun with this one. We actually, we just played this one not too long ago again. All right. Ian, you going to take a shot at this one? Uh, no, dinosaurs are cool. All right, <laughs> dinosaurs are cool. Moving on, number eight. Number eight is one that I just mentioned, um, I believe, last episode uh, in our Think and Play and Do, and it's the Castles of Tuscany, Stefan Feld. Um, kind of like, I would say, the little kid sibling of Castles of Burgundy, but the comparisons aren't aren't really there they're kind of their own games but we have a real we really enjoyed the puzzle of it yeah castles of tuscany is really good cool well i love me some feld so i'm not i'm not gonna i'm gonna take a shot yeah, at this absolutely. one at all love the feld so yeah i want to play this one too absolutely ian do you like your feld i like castles of burgundy so and i i like bruges so yeah i guess i do okay cool all right moving on number seven 
Number seven is Star Wars Unlock. It was a great experience. I love escape room type games. We love Star Wars, which I still need to get this. I need to get this to you folks so that you can try this yeah, one out. Yeah, I definitely want to give this a go. Um, I think it'd be awesome. The 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 first one <clears throat> is very inter, introductory, but the second and third one are exactly what you would want out of a escape room type of game with a Star Wars theme on it. How yeah. many Easter eggs are there, like for real nerds? Um, would you say there's a good amount or not? Yeah. Like I said, there, there, in in my talking about it once, there, there there are things that you come across where if you know Star Wars, you know exactly what those things are supposed to do, oh, and you can okay. use that to your advantage, which which I did, and it skipped me to the end of the puzzle, and I didn't have all of my things yet. <laughs> good, good, okay, cool, cool. I'm not gonna argue. Star Wars is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh here we go. Number six. Number six is a game that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. And I. Because you probably can't yet. pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's another one of the um, T games from Board and Dice. From uh, uh, This one's from David Turksey. And it's Tawantinsinu. I, I need Tom from Tom oh, Gets. Ryan, Tom. Ryan, I just, I had to take my headphones off for a second. Can you tell me again what your number six is? I believe I believe it was referred to as Tewantinsinu. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyways, we're gonna anyways. get a whole lot of hate mail. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I need Tom from Tom Teaches Games to tell me how to pronounce this one. You, um, yeah, you need a phonetics coach. Okay. So Sorry. this one, this one's uh, one of his deep, big Euro complex for the sake of being complex fun puzzle. This one is better than Tekenhu, which I, which is another 2020 game that I did not put on my list because I didn't enjoy it that much. But I enjoyed this one a lot more. Um, some people are going to look at that board and hate it. I love it because it is icons everywhere, but you're trying to decipher and put together the puzzle. So it's you're looking at oh. a Jackson Pollock painting then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so cool. um, this one... I'm not going to say it again for I'll, I'll say it again. Tawan Tinsinu. Yeah. Okay. It's very it's very very good and the solo mode is extraordinary in this one. All right. I've not played any of the, of the T-series games so I can't weigh in on this one. But I'll take a shot at your pronunciation. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what do you think of this one? Uh it's I mean I like Zolkin. Yeah. I'm interested in the Teotihuacan or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, Teotihuacan. So, yeah. okay. I think I want to play that one first before I play any of the other yeah. two games. So yeah. we had a, we, I had a conversation with uh, Mike on the Discord server. Here's our Discord server plug. Yeah. And I, we, we were ranking um, the T games, and funny enough that both of us, with without even really knowing each other that well in gaming, both put Zolkin and Teotihuacan. Um, one and two on our comparisons of these T game lists. So, yeah, those ones are definitely about way above the rest. Okay, cool. Well, moving on. Number five. Number five game I just talked about in this episode, and that's Under Falling Skies. So I'm not going to say much more about it, but it's it was very it's a very good game. I have these the Space Invaders special effects going on in my ears right <laughs> now. Choo 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 choo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I bought I picked this one up because you you basically told me, hey, it's solo. You need to have this. Okay, so I went and got it. I haven't played it yet though, so um, I'm yeah, not it's not gonna be for, it's not gonna be for everybody because it's a solo only. Yeah, I guess you could play it cooperatively, I guess, I guess so. and try to and try to decide what you're supposed to do with the dice. But yeah, cool. any jabs at this one, Ian? I'm not a solo gamer, so okay. So I, and I'm, I'm trying to and I'm trying to be nice to solo gamers, so I'm not gonna. Because <laughs> because you have friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number four. Number four is a game that I spoke highly of when I did my review not too long ago, and that was The Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, with, this, with the caveat that I will not play on the basic board. I will only play on the advanced board. But uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a very good... Um, combination of the worker placement deck building, even though the deck building is in the back seat, but it's that resource management 
Um, and then playing on that advanced board just makes you have to be ever so more efficient and careful of where you're spending your resources. Yeah, you're saying it tightens, tightens everything up. Yeah, the, the, the runaway leader on the temple research track is not as big of an issue as it is on the other side of the board. In my in my conjecture. <laughs> yeah, well we had both well Ian, you mentioned that this is something that you yeah, are interested definitely in. Definitely interested in this one. Yeah, me too, just because of the the publishers. And I and I think you uh Ryan, you had mentioned that these are two new designers to the uh, industry. Yeah. They previously they work, worked with the company. Yeah, they work with the company and this is their first um published design. Number three um, is uh, is by far the best theme of a game <laughs> that I have played this year, and that is Fort. And we're giving away a copy of Fort. Uh, listen to this episode and the previous episode to figure out how you can win a copy. But Fort is a d- deck building game by Leader Games, and it doesn't really do anything brand spanking new for the deck building genre other than that fact that hey, I play a card or cards from my hand and the ones that I don't play go into my front yard of my I guess my treehouse or something like that and then other players can recruit the cards that I have not played they're they're, they're recruiting the friends that I neglected to play with this so round th- so thematically people can pick up stuff off your front lawn yeah, and you got little pizza. You got little pizza resources that are hex shaped for some odd reason, but I can get past that. And I don't know. I, I had I had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun with this one. Ian actually got to try this one out that night that yeah. we played um, Construction Yard. <laughs> Working title. Yes. Working title. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I've actually played this game, and yeah, I liked it. I I did. That was my favorite part too, Ryan, is the fact that you can lose the cards that you don't play. I think that's adds yeah, a you, interesting yeah, aspect. Everybody at the table was calling my deck for me. I didn't actually have to do anything to remove so the cards out of my deck. Is I'm going to equate it to to something that that I think it might be the same. Is it the same painful experience as someone going through your discard pile in Arboretum? Yeah, sometimes because our breedums like that like you're it's like your junk pile is everybody else's you know yeah. going through pile and i don't like that sometimes <laughs> it's like those are my cards or oh, cool. just like oh thank you for thinning out my deck now i can get to my better cards faster oh, oh that's yeah true all right cool yeah. well moving Fort. on to number two so number two is the one that we just finished like not too long ago a few weeks ago um jen and i played the um, legacy game my city which was a, which was a great it was a very underrated title well, i guess it wasn't underrated i guess it was nominated for the spiel of the jares this year yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it flew no, under it, the radar yeah <laughs> but i i you didn't really hear people really talking about it and i don't know why because it was a great family weight game um, the old flip and write or flip and fill type of example, yeah. putting these Tetris polyomino shapes on a board in so ways that you can score the most points. And then the legacy campaign of it really is great for introducing somebody to the legacy aspect of cool. you're putting stickers on your board and the rules are changing constantly from game to game to game. And the game doesn't, a game doesn't take very long. Like I said, take, there's 24 games you have to play through, but a game is taking you like 10, 15 minutes to play through. So you can complete a three-game chapter in a, in a single sitting. So, no, my city definitely, I indicate, now I've, if you look back at the Spiel des Jahres nominees, my city should have been more, I think it should have won. So I know I've asked you about this before, but... So the legacy you said is a, is good. The legacy aspect is good. Uh, you played it with Jen, I assume. Yeah. And yeah. so did the two player work well? The the two player worked very um very good. Because okay, you, you're, you're competing with what you're just competing against one another. It's just right. the the only the only difference with a, a two player is that the bonuses at the end of a game is hey, there's a winner, you get something. Then there's usually a second place. And then there's the everybody else category in a two-player game. Um, the second place player just gets the 
everything else category. They don't get the second right. place stuff. But you're not really missing out on anything with. You're not players. missing anything. Because I think this would be a good one to play with with Kim with my wife, and she's a Kinesia fan too, although she doesn't know it. <laughs> like you, you, you really like Reiner Kinesia. She's like, I do. Like yeah, because yeah. you. And then I list off all the games that she is, loves. And is like, he a oh, poet? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cool. The, so the cool thing about the two-player experience is that um, there's enough stuff left over that I think we can play, that I'm pretty sure we can play the campaign again with the two leftover oh. boards. Interesting. All right. So definitely cool. get our money's worth out of that one. That's nice. Cool. Well, let's get to the so famous number one. Well, it was my number one. Back, I think, whatever it was, 2018 when it first came out, or 2017. <laughs> and it's my number one again. We're talking Gloomhaven. But this year, it was Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which um, Jen and I played through. And it was so much fun. Um, we loved every single aspect. It taught the rules of Gloomhaven over the introductory scenarios of the Bring first on. five scenarios. And so after that, then you're full Gloomhaven. My mind is like the epicness of yeah. the gigantic box. It's still a big box of stuff that you're gonna that you're gonna play through. But I really enjoyed what they what he did with it this time around, eliminating the tiles and now having a scenario booklet. Yeah, so that that's you, cool. You actually, you actually play on the book. Do, um, do you get to yeah. play it faster? Like get it to the table faster than than the regular Gloomhaven because of all the fiddliness. Oh, absolutely. It cuts cool. down on the setup time tremendously by just having that scenario booklet and just the, the not as many components. Like we're not talking about, we don't have um, 20 to 30 different monster groups that you yeah. have to fiddle through. You only yeah. have like eight Okay. now cool. in this type. Now, uh, 20 scenarios? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, tw- yeah, 25. 25 okay. scenarios. So that's a lot There's, of game. What's, what is there in the... The the original game, fifty. So, the, so the scenario book has a hundred scenarios, but okay. your campaign is only going to probably, depending on your pathway you take, is only going to be between like fifty and sixty. That's the big box. Scenarios. Yeah, yeah. But these okay. some of these scenarios weren't. They're not nearly. Most of them are not nearly as challenging, as the regular Gloomhaven. Well, the, I think this is the, the the introductory model, right? I mean, if yeah. people are going to get hooked, they're going to go, all right, let's go we get really, the fridge box. We really started hitting the more difficult ones probably about that halfway through that about that number, I would say about that 12 to 13. Where the game starts ish. to push back kind of thing? Yeah, we the, this game started doing some interesting different things, and we didn't know how to deal with it. So All right. Cool. Well, I'm not going to argue with that one. I like me. I like me some Gloomhaven for sure. This would be cool. definitely one if you haven't played Gloomhaven. Do this one first. Teach yourself and, how to how to Gloomhaven first. And it's not a it's not a, a ridiculous price point either to get into that whole Gloomhaven thing. No, no. Yeah, no. it's not like you're dropping a couple hundred bucks for the for the for the massive box, right? Yep. So now I'm waiting on my Frosthaven. Ah, Frosthaven. Yeah, so wait wait till next year when Ryan's top game will be Frosthaven. Some, something Haven. <laughs> is, is, is everybody predicting that my game of 2021 is going to be Frosthaven? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, put some money on it, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> cool. Well, What that, are the Vegas uh, odds? <laughs> those Never are, tell those me the odds. pretty even odds, yeah. Is it going to be cold in Canada? Yes. <laughs> is the Pope Catholic? Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, that being said, I hope we uh, touched on any kind of games that might have been up uh, up your interest, let's say, journey into the board gaming hobby. 20, 2020 still had a really solid list of games yeah. that came out this year. Just too bad a lot of people could not play them with other people. <laughs> a lot of games that came out had really fast solo add-ons to them. <laughs> <laughs> The pandemic up uh, update to this game. We're just gonna tape these cards to the box, and so yeah. So the if it was a, it, I I mean, not that it was a bad year, but I don't want to go through this year ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one does. Yeah, chalk it up to experience. Um, uh, so that being said, uh, thank you for experiencing this episode with us, and uh, we will. Uh, we will be very happy. Don't, for, 
And what? don't forget about the contest. Oh, the contest. Don't forget about the contest. Rewind to hear the details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and this time Ryan didn't read out the 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 link http address. So that was that saved us some time. Um <laughs> that being said, I'm your host Norm. And hindsight is 2020. I'm Ryan. <laughs> Bring on 2021. I'm Ian. And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039.